Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Legion Live Stream. Episode number one, uh, sorry, 222, this 20th of July, 2019. I present to you, for your amusement, ladies and gentlemen, one Alex Garthon Marsh and one Brett Heathen Dog Grissoma. Hello, everyone. I hope we find you well. Having a good night tonight. Uh, a little bit of a weird weather here where I am in the Midwest, but uh, other than that, it's uh, it's it's going pretty well. How about how, you? How is the weather weird in the Midwest? Well, it's uh, it was blazingly hot in uh-huh. the late in late morning, and oh. then there was this freaky green weather storm that happened for like five minutes. It was green, and then well, it turned the sky green. That okay. happens here. All that right. happens here. It happens. Isn't that when the houses fall on witches? That's exactly when the yes, that's usually when a tornado <laughs> happens. Yeah, and then that that went away for five minutes. There was supposed to be some hail or something. I don't know. We didn't get any of that, but uh, and and then the temperature came really down, but the humidity shot way up, and so it actually seemed hotter than it was before, but it wasn't. I don't like that, but it here, was interesting. I'll here, give you that. Here in Virginia Beach, it's just been hot and wet. Yeah. There you go. Because that's where we are. Because it's Virginia Beach. Because we're in the south by, yep. the, by the ocean. So you're going to get hot and wet. Yep. But Pretty the mosquitoes good. here aren't as big as I've seen in the Midwest. Oh, you haven't been to Florida very much. Holy crap. No, Florida no. in April? Florida is bad, but Wisconsin was the worst. Wisconsin. Okay. Wisconsin. Those mosquitoes would carry away cows. That's true. I mean, there'd it's be no a group good. of them. It wouldn't just be one. I mean, let's not be ridiculous. Yeah. But I mean, those things look like a freaking one-punch man villain. I'm not screwed around <laughs> with that. I got no time to screw with no Wisconsin mosquitoes. No, no, no time for that. Bring out the baseball bat. That's exactly right. <laughs> you could use a tennis racket. They're too big to fit through the holes. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> no, things are going pretty good. Can't complain. Everything's good. Playing video games. Not trimming bushes like I should be, but it's too hot to trim a bush. You know True. what? It's too. It's barely hot. It's yeah. You know. Bush wins. Bush. Yeah, you know, the heat wins. It's a little colder. Yep. I'll cut some bushes right now. The bushes can can grow a bit. If they can survive the heat, they can. They're allowed to grow. Yeah, yeah. But other than the heat death of the universe, today we're going to talk about Heathen Dog, Heathen Dog, about RPG Fundamentals, Numenera Discovery, the system. Last week we talked about the background of the story. Mm-hmm. It was pretty cool. And this yep. week we're going to talk the system, and I'm sure it will be equally as cool. Oh, it's going to be something. That's right. <laughs> In Garthon's comic poll, we're going to talk about the Superior Spider-Man number 9, Arrow number 1, and Spider-Man Life Story number 5. Or how do, full title. How, how, do you think, yeah, how do you think that Life Story is going, by the way? I mean, is it interesting so far? Like the previous issues, you've done a couple of them. Yeah, I don't I've think you've done them all. I've not, I've not reviewed. I've read all them. haven't reviewed all of them here on the show. Right. I'll tell you that in the review. Okay. It'd be kind of a giveaway if I tell you now. Like, oh, I don't got to watch the review now. I already know. Fair enough. And the RNG, Heathen Dog's going to regale you with his wisdom and let you know five ways to make a good anime. Yeah, we've already done the five ways to ruin your anime beyond repair. Right, to make a terrible really one. Want, to make it just a terrible anime that everyone's going to poo-poo on, and it's going to be bad for you and for everyone who put money into your crappy ideas. Now, if you want to go the other way, if for some reason, unlike Netflix, you want to go the other way. If you want to make money then sell merchandise. These five steps, I don't know how much money you're going to make, but this if you follow these five steps, the least review you get from me is three stars. Oh, hey, there you go. That's something. Because it's easily possible to get a much worse review from you. Oh, easily. 
Oh my gosh, he came right from nowhere right at me. All right. In the 10th of August of this year, the 2019, the Tabletop RPG giveaway is happening. Heathen Dog will not be here. More incentive to join us. Oh, wow. Max Yao will be here. Less incentive to join you. Ah, burn. He's not here, burn. Oh, he'll hear it tomorrow. It's it's a future burn. (laughs) It's like a burn time bomb. It's just waiting for him to show up and stumble upon it. It's a burn landmine. It just waits for it. Then the victim comes upon it. Like, oh. Uh, That actually reminds me of, I saw, I read this thing where this guy found this textbook from the 1800s, right? This is old, old school, like middle middle school textbook. And he he was in the index. Someone had written in uh, amazing, um, amazing discovery on page 111 or something, right? Mm-hmm. So he turns to page 111, and at the top it says, Thou art a fool. Wow. And he's like, I just got burned for a kid 100 years ago. I know, 1800 <laughs> kid burn. That's, That's amazing. Right. It's like, holy crap. Or is it, or it's, I think it's early 1900s. Oh, but, okay. yeah, but essentially, Still. yeah. Still, that was that was like, that, if, if the internet was there, he'd be a troll. No, it wasn't 1800. It was like, Thou art a fool. So it was basically, it reminded me, but it's like 150 years, this burn was waiting. Just waiting. Mm-hmm. Waiting for some fool. Yeah, I was like, oh, damn. What do you, you can't argue with the kid. I'm like, damn it, I am. I am the fool. Find his family. That's, Smack him. Find my, track him down, find his descendants. Hey! <laughs> All right. So, but on the 10th of August, burn landmines aside, we are going to give you our tabletop RPGs. Where this is going to be an alternate time, not an alternate timeline where there's like the Legion is going to. Actually, it kind of is. But we will not be having the live stream at the usual time of 8 Central. It will be at noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern. Max will be co-hosting with Garthon, and he's going to have a review of Coriolis. Which is one of the games we'll be giving away that day. Oh, I thought it was like the effect that causes the toilet water to go down clockwise. No. Pretty sure that's it. Oh, but That's not what he's doing, though. Oh. Yeah. I we were going to talk about physics and science and stuff. Nope. Oh, now I'm not as excited. Actually, yeah, we ain't got no physics. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to give away a PDF of the Cypher System Rulebook, a genre-agnostic version of Numenera, on sale now at DriveThruRPG. Many RPG videos are currently in the Legion with YouTube, fundamentals, how-tos, unboxings, more games, giveaways, stay tuned. We will be giving away physical copies of Hero Kids, the Core Rulebook, the Monster Compendium, the Adventure Compendium, Coriolis, the Third Horizon, the Icon Bundle. The Core Rulebook, The Alice Compendium, The Icon Card Deck, GM Screen, Map, The Dying Ship Adventure, Mutant Year Zero, Mutant Gen Lab Alpha, Mutant Mechatron. All will all be given away. Co- all hardcover. Well, not all hardcover. All physical. No, no, no. All, all, the, all the Mutant Year ones All the are, Mutant ones are hardcover. Uh, are hardcover, yes. All right. And for every physical copy we give away, we will also be giving away a PDF of the Core Rules. So, everyone, if you have any interest in tabletop RPGs, you need to be there because this is a huge giveaway. Yes, Sagewise, very nice. So be there Big for that. Hit. So Big we'd like to for anyone who wins. Yes, we'd like to thank uh, from here against Justin Howley at Hero Forge Games, uh, Mutant Year Zero uh, for the MMG for the MGA at MM7, uh, Jenny Bremberg at Free League Publishing uh, for the Coalition. Max Leo purchased it from Modifius.net. So thank you, Max. Base Fantasy RPG from Chris Gonnerman. Thank you so much. Check out their websites and all PDFs from Max Leo and Legion Myth. We want to thank everyone who donated prizes and supported our fans with these prizes. Please check out the products on both the Drive RPG and their individual web pages. Remember, 10th of August, 2019, Tail RPG giveaway. Spread the word. Be there. Guess how much the Polaris are freaking out. That is Empyrean. Why yes. are the Polaris mad at us? 
They should like us. It's, yeah, they, we're, we're friendly with them. They should be really happy. They should be not at all, Mar Hawkman. What did you do? Wait, what did Sherris do? Yeah, Sherris usually makes those mistakes. But okay, no, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> so remember, 10 August 2019, Tales of RPG giveaway. Do it! Marcus is not at all. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and remember, Gen Con 2020, Leishmith will be there. We want to be you to be there as well. You can hang out with us there. You could not hang out with us there even, but you should be there. So ticket registration is coming in January, which is closer than you think. You might think you know what you think you know about how close the time is, but time is always relative based on your position to an oncoming object of a, a non-fixed variable. But in this case, there's a fixed point on a calendar that is, we know is self-referential, but it is January of 2020, and you do not know how close that is, but it's closer than you think it is. It and is. the instant you know, you think you know how close it is, you're actually wrong. Because much like the Heisenberg principle, the instant you think you know the position and speed of that date, it is wrong. You can know one or the other, my friend. So you don't know how close it is, but it's closer than you think. Mm. So, get ready to be there. Hey, Duncan. Activity sign-up is in May. The event is actually in August, so start planning now to join us. Uh, you can't buy the tickets yet, but save your ducats. Put it aside. Don't get the latte. Put it in your go to Gen Con piggy bank, and you can be there with us. Yes. That's what I'm doing. So join our Gen Con discussions on Discord if you wish to talk about that stuff. Or, you know, go to the live stream and fire questions at us. And uh, Heathen Dog will answer them. I will. Because my plan is to drive there and, uh, you know, beg uh, Heathen Dog to let me sleep in his room. <laughs> Maybe he'll let me stay under his bed. You will sleep on the floor. <laughs> Please let me pay to sleep on your floor. Yes. <laughs> First, you must wear this collar. Oh, no, it got weird. No. That <laughs> <laughs> guy got a little weird. Got a little weird. Okay. Well, as you see right now, we got our streaming schedule. Go ahead and take a look at it. We're not going to talk about it. Just gonna, uh, you've seen it in the beginning. You see it now. Uh, go ahead and check us out all these times. It's awesome. All the games are good because we're good. on. Uh, the change that has come is on is that Heathen Dog is going to be streaming Seven Days to Die. So yes. check that out. Yes. It is a zombie survival game. Uh, every seven days, you get a zombie apocalypse like horde that comes after you. So you have to prepare for that. And there, there's random zombies throughout, but that's, that's always the, good. Yeah. So random. every seven days until you're dead. Basically. Very nice. So make sure to join Legion Myth. Check us out on Discord. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myth. Watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash Legion Myth. Watch us live on Twitch, the best way to interact with your favorite Legion Myth hosts or your non-favorite ones, too, as a matter of fact. And you can get our gear at shop.spreadshirt.com slash Legion of Myth. Current goals. We're after trying to get our Twitch account to get 1,000 followers on Twitch. We're up to 989. Very close. Actually, 990 now. Wow. Crazy. Yeah, I know. Our Twitch subscriber goal. Uh, we hit our goal of 100 in June. We're not there yet for July, and the month is closing out, folks. So join sure. on in. Uh, only got, what, 11 more days? 10 more days? Something like that. Yeah. Basically another week. YouTube subscriber goal. Trying to get 1,500, we're at 1,299. That's very nice. Thank you very much. And our Patreon goal is currently trying to get 100. We're at 62 right now. That's very good. Thank you so much. Mark just traded two Amberies for a human servant. That seems strange. Seems unethical. I hope that's not real. hope that's well, more video be, game related. Better be. Very strange. Yeah. So... For Twitch Fox subscribers, the Access Twitch Giveaways Contest. Encourage support, Legion of the live streamers, and you can see, uh, tell us what you want to see. Games, content, you can, and messing with people is always fun. YouTube subscribers can encourage support, Legion of the recorded content. You can, subscribing to YouTube is free, so do that. 
and Patreon YouTube members. It's better for Smith, better value for you. You get a monthly Q&A with Legion Myth, which we need to set up this month. And a post-stream access to full Legion of Myth weekly live stream and all sorts of wonderful things. What will happen if we meet these goals, Heathen Dog? Well, let's see. First off, there's going to be over $1,000 in prizes Woo! given away on all platforms. Okay, we're going to give away games. We're going to give away physical uh, tabletop RPGs, PDF tabletop RPGs. We're, and, of course, the big prizes we're going to give away from you, a personalized painting of the winner in some kind of epic or heroic pose done solely by you, a Garthon original. That's right, an original epic painting done by me. Acrylics on canvas for you. There you go. And from me, I will make the uh, the winner a Plex media server. Everything you need to store your own media, watch throughout all of your platforms, and share with all of your friends. Yes, which is always fun to do. Wonderful. Yes. So tell everyone, like, subscribe, comment, share. More engagement equals more growth. More growth equals more prizes for you. So tell friends, family, nerds, people you don't like even. Tell them that's what they should be doing. We have over four years of content in the live stream alone. Anime reviews, comic reviews, game reviews, nerd stuff. Hey, the Dunderm, good to see you. Elgarian streams every day for your amusement, for your benefit, for humanity itself. Elgarian is there for you. He likes streams, his let's plays, currently doing Seven Days to Die, and other things. Garthon is currently streaming Yakuza Kiwami Sunday nights. Max Leo is doing his unboxing videos, his Thirthon reviews, his Forbidden Land reviews. There's team ups Imperial Glass Survival. You could be a part of that, actually. Yes, you can. If you are a subscriber and you have Imperian, you could join the private server. And Left for Dead, they're having team ups there. With between Elgarian and Heathen Dog, and that's awesome. Yes. So YouTube subscribers, do y'all get new money? Subscribe to YouTube. Go to YouTube. Click subscribe. We appreciate that. Thank you. And you'll get notified as soon as videos appear, so you can watch them whenever you want. Anime, comics, game segments, things like that. Uh, YouTube members, you got to click join. Cost you some money. Easiest model for YouTube viewers to support our content and allows us to keep making content for you and to get better content. Uh. Like, uh, for instance, I just got a capture card, thanks in part to the generous donations of our viewers. And so I will be doing more stuff with that, and much higher resolution and better than ever. So check that out Sunday. But YouTube members also counts towards Patreon giveaway goals. Speaking of Patreon patrons, thank you so much. Uh, Gary M. Judson, two months in at our Illuminati level. Journeyman level, Reese, thank you so much. Warden, Brian H., and Sheriff, 32 months and 24 months. That's insane. You guys are great. Thanks, Brian and Sheriff. And novice, Aaron. $3.7. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it so much. Twitch supporters. Uh, with You can cheer. Those who cheer the highest, such as cheer 100. Great job, guys. Uh, Zahn is on top with 165,000. Thank you, Zahn. This is Jensa 0606. Sean Butt, Sean Paxler, Synthetic 9. Thank you so much for your cheers. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Hmm. I could just stream Xbox. I got that. PS1, well, PS2. Yeah. I got all that. I got it all. Well, not all of it. Got I got Turbo Graphics. Someone give me a Turbo Graphics. Just mail yeah. it to me. If you donate a Turbo Graphics, then uh, I will stream, will stream it. it for you with with your picture in the corner at all times. <laughs> no, well, for a little bit at least. At oh, all sure. times. Sure, why not? There you go. <laughs> Gift subscriptions. Zon has gifted the most subscriptions. He's insane. Thank you, Zon. Sean Butts, Jinsa Hicks. Thank you so much. Uh, Twitch followers, so we get a thank you very much. We appreciate it. Get notified when streamers go live. You are able to join our follower subscriber giveaways, which we have all the time on Twitch. And our subscribers, it's a great, easiest model for Twitch viewers, supports our live streamers, gets access to the Imperial Galactic Survival server, and subscriber-only giveaways, including our special once-a-month giveaway, where we give away $25 Amazon gift cards. These are our current show subscribers. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. And we'd like to welcome Tug Boatswain. Is that how you say it, Boatswain? Yep. 
Is it sure it's not like pronounced bosun mate? Nope, boatswain. Boatswain. Uh, the Navy yeah. doesn't like to do anything like the rest of the military. No, they have they their don't. own ranks and titles. Like you go to someone in the Army or the Marines or the Air Force, you're like, what rank are you? They're like, oh, I'm a tech sergeant. Or, oh, I'm an E6. You go to the Navy, it's like, what rank are you? Oh, I'm a rear at bosun's mate, Swabby uh, GF7. It's like, what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> it's just, you're just saying crap now. Yeah, just making stuff up. <laughs> Well, no, to, to be fair, the, the American naval military was infected a long time ago yeah. with the English military. I know. Like, yeah. There was no American military to base it off of. They, they pretty much had exactly. to make it up. And but they, the, they decided to use the but English can, they model. Can't, for some reason, you can never get one of them to say, I'm an E5. No, they'll never say that. They have to say, mm. oh, I'm a rear shipman's radar mate. Like, what yeah. the hell does that even mean? Third, third class. Yeah, it, 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 it only makes sense to other people in the Navy. Yeah. You have to yeah. draw a diagram to explain your rank. Exactly. It's like, just E what? E what? Tell me E what? For God's <laughs> sake. And they look all offended at you. Like, oh, I'm, I'm. It's like, like are you ashamed of your rank? Tell me your damn rank. I need to know if I outrank you so I can tell you how stupid you are. <laughs> oh, you're at E8? Oh, that's a great yeah. idea, sir. That's, that's awesome. That yeah, was a I great idea. Rank. I'm on board. I love your rank. Wait, you're at E3? You're a moron. Get away from me. I love your rank, chief. <laughs> <laughs> if they say chief, you just go, okay. Well, uh, there's like 18 levels of chief. Well, also, you could be the same e rank as a chief, but you're not a chief. So, damn Navy. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> Welcome, Doug Boatswain, our new social media <laughs> something or other. Uh, that's his official title. That's how we do things here. Uh, start with Twitter. We'll branch out from there and clean up the mess so he could, like, be our social right. media guy because we need someone to do that. That's right. If, if you're on Twitter, you think you're talking to us. You're actually talking to him. Talking to him, who's talking for us. Of course, he did say something on Twitter recently that Max had issues with and I had issues with, too. Do you know what he dared to say? What did he dare to say? He said Thacko was wacko. Wow. That's, I know. That's a bold wow. statement. It is a bold statement. That is and you know, nuts. You, you should have known instantly Max would be offended. Oh, yeah. He loves he loves his Thacko. Yeah. I'm okay. I, Thacko, to me, for what it needed to do, was a great system. Mm -hmm. Just saying. But, you know, but other than that, he's doing a great job. Uh, welcome him. Thank you. Me. The rest of us are allergic to social media, or at least, you know, we're not good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm, I, I break out in hives and sweats and stuff. So. Yep. Uh, and blame Tug for any bad tweets. And Anthony Max Lyle says that Mr. Jensen leads him. <laughs> That's right. Blame him instead of Max. Right. Mark Hawkins says, I once saw some airmen congratulate someone because they thought she got promoted. But P.O. Exclamation point doesn't mean the same thing as what you expect to the Army Air Force. That's true. Oh, petty officer. Yes. Petty officer, yep. Yeah, it doesn't mean this. No. Yeah, there's like 18 levels of petty officer, too. Yeah, we don't have petty officers in the Air yeah. Force. or Does Army have petty officers? I think they used to have warrant officers. They had warrant officers. But I don't War think they have those anymore. Marines have warrant officers. Still? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I was smart enough I didn't have to join the Marines. Oh, I said it. Oh, damn it. God bless the Marines. I, I, say, I say this all honesty. Serving the yeah. military... Being They're medical, real. having been deployed with the Marines, God bless. <laughs> I really, I sincerely appreciate all they do. Petty officer are the same as NCO. Yeah, that's true. Nearly. 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 It's different, though. Ready system, half star, like naval ranks. Bad. Five star, like easy to understand Army and Air Force and Marine ranks. Other than petty officer. Other than warrant officer. Good. Good. Warrant yeah. officers, eh, three stars. <laughs> all right. Yeah, you know, it's all right. I, I got to get it. All the responsibility, none of the power. It's a really crap. It's, Buck it's Sergeant crap was a five-star rank. Oh, 
it doesn't exist. It hasn't existed no. for 20 years, but oh, it was. Yeah. No, actually, actually, uh, my recruiter was a buck sergeant. Really? Yes. He was one of the last in his, in, uh, in, uh, um, in his command. We had one of the last buck sergeants in the military in my shop in the Air Force. Wow. One of the last in the military. But that was a great rank. You're a sergeant, so they can't make you do airman crap. But you're not a real sergeant, so they can't give you any responsibility. So, best rank in the world. All right. And that's why I had to get rid of it. Disclaimer. All right, full screen. Disclaimers are important. Right, go for it. The opinions expressed in this episode are solely the opinions of the individual host or commentator and are not representative of the entire Legion of Myth organization. Except for the fact that Buck Sergeant was the best rank. That's an indisputable fact. While we make an effort to provide a family, friendly atmosphere, there may be the occasional use of foul or even offensive language. Thank you for your understanding and continued viewership. Duncan says we need a special being catty about the Armed Forces segment. I can't do it as much as I haven't been in as long, but you know, no one loves busting the balls of other service members than other service members, especially from different services. ready for this i am if you're a fan of anime tabletop gaming or both don't miss an episode of heathen dogs heathen dogma every week heathen dog alternates between anime reviews and tabletop gaming fundamentals watch live and chat with heathen dog every saturday at 8 p.m central time to share your thoughts and recommendations with him now without further ado i want to tell you people about a time when i was backpacking as a young man through the superstition mountains in arizona these mountains are not what you would think of when you think of mountains, lofty peaks capped with snow, covered with trees. The Superstition Mountains are a large pile of angry, smoothed-out rocks. Thank you, Doug. <laughs> Burning with the desert heat by the day and freezing chill with the desert cold by night. And its most famous thing is that at one time a Dutchman was said to have found a, a mine. A mine of gold, gold left over from the Spanish conquistadors who once went through the area, filled with gold supposedly stolen down south from the native cultures which once prized the golden metal. And the greedy conquistadors, not willing to give it to Spain, took that metal with them as they fled from the savages below them, fled for their very lives, clutching the gold with their dying hands, secreting it in the bowels of the superstition mountains. A Dutchman once found this gold, showing coins of it to friends and family, not letting everyone know. And later the body was never found. It is said this gold was cursed by friends. It was on this cursed gold where I backpacked. And I went through these cold nights. The moon shone above me. And I went seeking shelter, my friends. For I was caught, caught without my group, caught without my guides. And the sun was setting fast. And I knew I must find shelter to survive the frigid nights. As I found a crack in the earth, and I squeezed my tiny way through, I could hear the pawing of Prince Aaron outside of the crack, scraping, scraping behind me. I could hear the howls in the distance of the coyotes with the yipping laughter that they have, combined with the mournful sound they do give. Then I peered deeper into the cave, deeper into this tiny crack in the bowels of the earth, where I could smell the metals deep within my friends. But still behind me, creeping closer, the starving coyote scratched and scratched. I had no light. I had only my basest senses to guide me. 
The dirt stuck between my fingernails as I scraped and clawed and injured myself just to get one more second of life. But then ahead of me, the cave opened up, and that is where I found Heathen Dogs Tabletop RPG Fundamentals. <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That was a that was a thrilling story. I hope part two comes next week. <laughs> this is where it ends. This, this, oh, dang that's it. what I found. Semi-true story. Semi-true. Uh, today we'll be continuing our discussion on Numenera Discovery. Before I told you the background of the game, the uh, the history of the world, the long history of the world. Yes, long and, and interesting. Long and interesting. And today we will be talking about the system itself, how it works, everything you need to know before you spend a single point or make a single decision in creating your character. All right. Wait, what? I'm waiting for it. Subscribe. Oh, you. Well, you knew, you knew I was waiting for it. You knew I was waiting for it. Yeah, I know. Damn it. All right. Well, let's let's look at the particulars of this game. Uh, came out in October 17, 2018 from Monty Cook Games. You can get yourself an Amazon print for $46.69, brand new. You can go to DriveThruRPG and get a PDF for $19.99. Or you can go on eBay to get a gently used copy of varying degree of gently used for $24.99. Oh, my God. Gilgarian's <laughs> <laughs> a subscriber. Woo! Gilgarian. I don't know. I'm not saying it on stream. I'm not saying it on stream. All, All right. right. Zon gave it to him. Yes. Yes. I, let it go. Let it go. Letting it go. Okay. Now, the system. What you need to know. All right. This is what I'm going to let you know. I want to talk about the D. This is not the D twenty system, but but the the twenty sided die is the most often rolled die in this game. Ninety percent of the rolls are going to be D twenty. All right. So if that if it says roll and doesn't give you a die, it's a D twenty. All right. But now we're going to talk about the target number system. Like a couple of other, other uh, games I have reviewed here, uh, this is this is not a uh, contested system where uh the other person's ability will uh offset your your numbers to make you roll higher or lower or whatever no this is a set target number it is a threshold you must make this threshold it's all about your rolls and that's it and of course there are pools used now pools are uh they're uh, a value you have that's a fluctuating amount that you use in game back and you use to influence gameplay make rolls easier uh uh, make them, uh, I don't know, uh, be able to do rolls when you wouldn't normally be able to do a roll at all. You can you can burn through your pool and do it. And also, uh, your pools are used to determine health and injury. Don't worry, I'm going to explain all that when we get there. And of course, we're going to the stats. Now, uh, the, uh, the, the stats are based on what character type you choose. If you choose a fighter type, you're going to have fighter type stats. Now, there is some wiggle room, you know, you get points to add wherever you want, but there's a base framework you have to start with depending on what type or class you choose. Now, let's go ahead and start off right now with the stats. Okay, it's a different take on, on stats. There's only three. There's might, which is used for physical feats and attacks, uh, both uh, both attacking someone else and being attacked yourself. Speed, that's your, your raw speed, how quickly you move from point A to point B, and your dexterity, your hand-eye coordination, your uh your aim stuff like that and then there's your intellect now intellect is a is the is the largest uh sum 
it encompasses intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. If you go with uh, D and D, that that's that's the best analogy that that uh, that used to explain intellect. Now, all of these stats are used as a point pool. They have a certain amount uh, in there. Nine and twelve is average for each one. So if you have a nine or twelve, you're considered an average an average stat of might, speed, or intellect. Now these are points to be spent to enhance your ability during the game. All right. Now, first, I'm going to go over target numbers. If you look at the, I have a, I have a whole slide here just for target. This is the most important uh, chart in this game. Target numbers is king. Go ahead and full screen it if you haven't already. This thing is important. It goes from task difficulty zero, which means you don't even have to roll. You just automatically win. You just succeed to task difficulty 10. Now, each difficulty has a target number. Difficulty one has a target number three. Difficulty six has a target number 18. Remember, you are rolling a D20. There are very limited circumstances where you get a modifier to your roll. Most modifiers lower the difficulty, which in turn lowers the target number. That's how you, in- that's how you increase your chance of success. Makes you sense. bring down your target number instead of adding to your d20 roll and they're all just a multiple of three so it's easy to remember yes it's easy to remember you just multiply it by three and bob's your uncle you know it now uh go ahead and unbiggin and uh we're gonna talk more about the uh about the target numbers now uh pcs roll everything the gm doesn't roll anything wait what yes the gm rolls nothing the gm's only job in uh any any role or any combat or whatever is to uh is to uh mark a difficulty wait so you're probably going to explain this so i am i'll i'll wait okay so the pc rolls for everything if you are attacking you you are you are attacking a a monster or another character they have a a a difficulty uh a, a task difficulty to hit them it depends on the level of the creature if it is a level two creature it has a task difficulty two which means your target number is six if it is a uh a level nine creature it is a task difficulty nine creature target number 27 to hit defending same thing if you are if you are hit by a uh a level four creature it has task difficulty four that means to defend against his attack you have to roll a 12 and that is everything else climbing uh climbing a slippery ladder uh uh, going across a tightrope across a giant chasm it's all the pc rolling so basically, as a dungeon master, I would say you were attacked by the giant spider. It has a difficult target number of seven, and they would have to roll twenty-one. Yeah, he is attacking you. You must dodge. So you, so so he roll. If you do not make that twenty-seven, twenty-one, then twenty-one, then the spider hits you, and now it's your turn. You're Big attacking the spider. spider. You roll again to attack instead of defend. With the with the same target number, now you get to add your your uh, your bonuses for say uh, equipment, skill specialty, or your uh, oh I'm gonna get into into all that in, in a minute. But you 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 get to add your modifiers to your attack roll or your defense roll. The the enemy doesn't get to do any of that. Interesting. Yes, the GM's like I said, the GM's only job is to decide the difficulty, the base difficulty, which is the uh, 
the uh, uh, task difficulty plus any modifiers because of uh, situation or environment. It's going to be harder to climb that that wall if it is covered in ice or if it is if it is uh, completely pitch black out and, you, and you, you can't see your hand and footholds. So it's, it's going to become more difficult. That's actually a really good, interesting idea. It uh, is interesting hey, Josh Barton, we are having a good night so far. Good to see you. Thank you. Now, uh, like I said, the, the, the PC rolls everything. It's going to be a D20. If you equal or surpass your target number, you win. And the, the PC can modify the target number with pools. Now, I'm going to explain how to do that right now this is the reason that stats exist they are they are themselves pools each stat is a pool of points spent altering target numbers this is called effort you're expending effort to ease the action ease meaning to bring down the target number uh as an example uh might is spent to lower uh, a climbing target what, what is what is it laughing zon just gave uh john sparta, john sparta. <laughs> Oh, jeez. <laughs> Thank you, Zod. Thank you, Zod. Just give it everybody. That's great. Yeah, this actually yeah. isn't D&D we're talking about. It's a system called nope. uh, Numenera. Yes, it's it's part of the uh, the, the Cypher system uh, umbrella of games. Congratulations. Like, like I said, uh, if you are trying to climb and and you are just you're just jamming your hands in, into into the side of the wall and you're just climbing, that is going to be a might uh, pool so you can use your pool of might points to ease the, the target number now three points from your pool will lower the difficulty one level Yuch. now bear no no bear in mind this is one level of task difficulty not target number either way so when you go down by task difficulty you actually your target number is being minus by three how many points do i have well it depends i mean uh uh, like I said, anywhere between nine and twelve is considered average. Hmm. Oh, okay, all right, all right, all right. All right. Now, every time you want to lower the task difficulty again in the same roll, it only costs two. So the first one costs three. Every other one after that costs two until you run out of points or you decide to stop. All right, I get it. All right, so that's that's how that works. Now, uh, an edge can lower the cost even more as as you level up. And I'm going to get into this during character creation. You get what, uh, depending on what type of character you are, your your class, for for a, a better descriptive word, uh, you will get an edge attached to a stat, edge of one, two, or three. Now, what this does is this allows you to to uh, uh, use effort to ease your target number more efficiently. Uh, let's say you have an edge of one on your might stat. All right. Every every time you spend points to uh, as an effort to lower your difficulty you get to subtract one one so total or so if i lower every it by time so if i was lowering it by one point it would instead of costing me three it would cost me two two but if i was but lowering it by two ranks it would cost me five four it would points. cost you four exactly all right, right. that's exactly not right. three exactly yes it, 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 it doesn't do it every every time you lower but it does it for the grand total at the end all right that makes sense So if you have an edge of two it'll take two off the total them like that and then we did go ahead all right yeah it'd be out the total so exactly so the higher your stat the more you can lower your target number for example let's say you have a might of five well you you can lower your target number to two difficulty ratings all right and then you'll be at zero you can't you literally can't do it again if you have a might of nine which would be low average also uh, if you have a 10 
Let's say, right. say a 10, yeah, just, yeah. just to make it easier. Yeah, you can lower it uh, one, two, three, four times and still have one left over. But you want to be careful not to hit zero in any stat. Because this is how damage is calculated, also using your stats. So they make these pools supremely important. So you, when, when you are making your character, you have to be very careful about these pools. You don't want any pool to be very low, to be below average. Because if any stat pool reaches zero, you are now considered impaired. Effort costs one point more per level. Unlike edge where it's off the total, no, this is per level you buy, it costs one more. So instead of three, two, two, it's four, three, three. All right, and you ignore the benefits of high die rolls. Now, uh, if you roll a 17 or 18, you get a plus one, plus two bonus to damage if it's an attack. If you roll a 19, uh, you, you get a, a lucky circumstance. If you roll a natural 20, you get you get a significant extra portion of damage and a, a lucky or unlucky circumstance uh, for you or your opponent, depending. But if you are if you are uh, if you're impaired, you you don't get all these. All right. Now, if you are impaired and you have a stat or another stat go to zero, now you're considered debilitated, okay? You are reduced to move actions only. You can't do anything else but move. Usually at this point, it's crawl. But if what if one of those stats that are at zero is speed, you can't move at all. You're just crumpled on the ground. You're a sack of potatoes. Now, if a debilitated character has another stat go to zero you're dead now to be fair the reason i keep saying another stat go to zero this is you can you can become damaged without without having a pool go to zero for example let's say you are poisoned you are diseased uh you are stunned you are whatever these these will not drain your pool but they will make you impaired or debilitated or possibly even right. dead if you get it three times in a row. Three, three, three different, uh, three different qualifiers. If you are, if you are uh, stunned, diseased, and poisoned, you're boned. You, you, you're done. But if you are, if you are diseased, and poisoned, and one of your stats goes to zero, you're dead. Because you started off before the stat went to zero as debilitated. All right, makes sense. And you're dead. So having a low pool, like, oh, I'll just put three points in, in intellect. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a straight fighter. I don't care. No, man, that's not a good idea. Because when it when any stat pool goes to zero, that's when things start getting real. You don't want that. You'll just you never, ever spend intellect ever. Well, ever. The, there's psionic damage and and and, uh, and other damage that, oh, that'd that be all takes bad away from. Yeah, see, uh, physical attacks take away from the might pool. Okay. Mental attacks take away from from intellect and social. I'm sure there is a social attack that that I'm sorry that there is a, some kind of speed attack that uh, that that takes away from the speed attribute. Paul Sooth, thou art a poltroon. Oh, it wounds. There you go. Now, uh, the stats, like I said earlier, see see my next slide. They are not random. They are based on your character type. Based. Let me give you an example. There there are three character types in the main book. There is a glaive. This is your basic fighter type. You have Might 11, Speed 10, Intellect 7. Every glaive starts with these stats. There's the Nano. Uh, these, this is the guy I pictured. He's the, he's the Techno Wizard type guy. Uh, Might 7, Speed 9, Intellect 12. Mm -hmm. And then there's Jack. Deck of all, all trades. Tens. 
Jack of all trades, exactly right. Starts off with all tens. Now, every character gets six points to distribute amongst any of these stats at the beginning of play, the beginning of character creation, however they want. However they want. Okay. Now, personally, I would take all these things under nine and bump them up. Because, like I said, having read this book, I am deathly afraid of having a zero stat. It's just a slippery slope to death. That's all it is. Slippery slope to death. So, that is the uh, the rules and system of play. Okay, what, what we've gone through, we've gone through what dice we're going to use, mostly a d20. Uh, how to calculate a success and failure and how that happens. Remember, the PC is the one rolling everything. The GM is just doing target numbers. That's his job, his or her job. And then we've gone through some of the character types, the fighter, the, the techno wizard, and the uh, the everyman, the, not everyman, but uh, the, the jack of all trades, the uh i'm i can do pretty much anything now next time we're going to actually make a character and that's when we're going to go through skills traits types and focus types are classes and and uh focus is what you are specializing in in your class like uh for example a glaive is a fighter sure but are you a ranged fighter are you a are you a polearm fighter are you a small weapons fighter are you a hand-to-hand fighter this is where your focus comes in and this, even though there are only three character types, you, you can drill down deeper using, using, using your focuses and your skills to make your character a little, little more diverse than you think. Not a lot more diverse, to be fair, but more, more diverse than you initially think having only three classes. And of course, then there's the equipment and, uh, and what we're going to do with attributes. I mean, we have six points, right? So let's, let's figure out how we're going to do them and how that's going to best work with our point pools all right makes sense to me i suppose there you go or at least and it will that, soon it will that, that that is the the quick and dirty on the system i'm sure people have a lot of questions and and uh if you have questions please put them in the comments below put them in chat put them in the comments and i will i will answer them it will it would take too long to fully fully flesh out the entire system in this one segment but this is the quick and dirty and and if you if you have this in mind, you'll be able to make your character with some knowledge. Now, what do you think of this segment? What are your thoughts on the Numenera system? I mean, Garthon says it could be interesting. It could be. Really, I would have to see it played to have to have the final verdict on how it goes. I have a feeling that until people get the hang of it, it's going to be a little clunky. Also, you didn't go into a lot of the, like how the system works. Like you were telling me other stuff, but that's for a different conversation. Yeah, creating creating the character, uh, the the equipment and skills. Their their main thing is to lower target numbers. Really, very few things. Like I said, very few things in the system increase your roll, give you bonuses to your d twenty roll. Ninety nine percent of the of the of the bonuses in this game that a player character can get is lowering the target number. So you're almost always stuck with that straight up d twenty roll. You just want to lower the target number as much as possible to, to advance for success. And after I'm done with Numenera, what do you want me to do? Uh, Max Liao has an idea. If no one else has an idea, we're going to take his. I'm not going to tell you what it is. That's a surprise. But uh, if you have any suggestions, go ahead and throw them in chat, throw them in the comments below, or go to Discord, go to Twitter. You know, if if you if you ask a question on Twitter, I swear to God, Todd will tell me. Yeah. And I will answer. <laughs> so that's going to be good. Tunnels and Trolls. That's Legion of Myth saying that. I don't know. That's Garthon wants me to do tunnels and trolls. That's a little too old school for me. 
as to be as before my time, and I'm old. But you can actually run out of energy and not be able to move. If your, if your armor's too heavy. That's great. I get it. First edition. Blind Buffalo Games. All right. There you go. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You're welcome. And you can watch more Heathen Dog on YouTube. Like, subscribe, share. And you can join for full streams of anime, comics, games, members only chat and giveaways, monthly Q&A, legion with accounts towards our Patreon giveaway goals. And you can be a part of those giveaways, my friend. If you want more Heathen Dog, check out his anime on the stream segments, tabletop gaming fundamental segments, his team-ups with that Garthon cat and that slick, awesome Elgarian dude. And also watch selective video game streams. Thank you, Heathen Dog. You are welcome. Everyone, have a good day. Ready? I am ready. Okay. Whether you are a longtime fan of comic books or someone ready to take the plunge into the comic book genre, look no further than Garthon's comic poll. Join Garthon live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Ask your comic book questions and engage in comic book discussions with Garthon directly. Now, let's give it up to Garth. Alright everyone, we know what time it is. Yes, Garthos Comic Poll, Gotha buys comics, Gotha reads comics, Gotha tells you about comics. Subscribe to Garthon as Garthos subscribes to comics. Hey, Garth was subscribed to you. Alright. Well, maybe. It all depends how good your channel is. So, first up, we are gonna talk about in Garthon's comic poll the Superior Spider-Man number nine. Superior Spider-Man number 9 was written by Christos Gage, pencils by Mike Hawthorne, inks by Wade Von Gravadger, colors by Jordi Belair, covers by Mark Hawthorne, or sorry, Mike Hawthorne, and Maury Hollowell. That's the name, Maury Hollowell. I had to look, keep looking at that. Is first not Murray? No, it's Maury. But with two R's. But that's the name. But hey, uh, this uh, cover does not actually appear in the comic. At no point is the Superior Spider-Man chased by a giant floating head of Norman Osborn. So if that's what you're buying the comic for, I'm just letting you know, you're going to be disappointed. There's no giant floating head of Norman Osborn coming your way. All right, so the book starts out with our hero, the Superior Spider-Man, Otto Octavius, uh, receiving the key to the city uh, in, for actually saving everyone during the uh, War of the Realms invasion, where he actually like phase-shifted like the whole populace, including pets, so that the giants couldn't kill them. And thus, they had a death toll of zero in the whole city. Uh, so he's actually being the key to the city, and everyone's thanking him. People are holding signs saying, we love San Francisco Spider-Man. He's like, that's that's superior Spider-Man, actually. Um, so he tries to give a speech. He's like, thank you, Mayor. It's an honor about that. I, quite frankly, wait, forgive me. I'm receiving a word of emergency. I must go. Wait, where is it? I can send the police. No, no. This is not the only I, Spider-Man, can handle. And really, he's just leaving because he, uh, people are like, what, what there's, why'd you? His, uh, Mar Maria Marconi's asking, why'd you leave? Where'd you go? I was like, I have no stomach for such puffery. I intended only because you insisted. It's like, you know, mind arguing, but it turns into... The whole issue basically turns into the idea that Otto Octavius, as Spider-Man, has always been trying to prove he's the better Spider-Man, that he's smarter, stronger, better in every way than Spider-Man. And he's becoming a hero and trying to be a better person at the same time. And it's always been that kind of back-and-forth dichotomy where he's trying to do good things to be a hero, but at the same time, he's still kind of a self-righteous jerk. 
and people are trying to help him not be a self-righteous jerk, even when he's right. And that's the annoying part. Um, it's sort of this, just because you're smarter, stronger, faster, better than everyone around you, you're not a good person if you rub it in their face. Even if you're trying to help them, you know, if you give a guy $100 because he's starving, you know, that add in, because I could give this to you because I'm rich, and you're obviously worse than me because you're not. Not helping, you're just being a dick. And that's unfortunately kind of what Otto does in a lot of ways. But he's trying to be a better person. But at the beginning of this comic, he's really harsh on everyone. Like, I don't need you. I'm supposed to be doing my job. Leave me the hell alone. People are trying to, like, hey, where, how? People are trying to be very nice to him. And he's like, why are you being nice to me? Piss off. He's just trying to say that. But he's really, really a jerk to everyone. And eventually Maria figures out. Everyone keeps asking him why he's off. And Maria eventually figures out it's because he's actually not used to being praised for one, you know, he always said he wanted it and he's getting it he's not comfortable with it and two when people start saying but you saved everyone in the city you you're a huge freaking hero you know that he starts listing up the numbers of people who died in other cities and other places uh during the war of the realms how all these how many people died and he wasn't able to help them and how could he be given a freaking stupid giant fake key to a city and be told as a hero when he couldn't save all these other people who died And kind of that, exactly. That's when they yeah. start when they it starts being broken down to him like, well, that's shows you actually are a hero. There was a time when you, Otto Octavius, if you had done that, would just be jumping up down and saying, look at me, how great I am. I saved this city. But you've well, gotten to the point where you now say to yourself, I didn't do enough. You actually care about people. Have you thought what a big breakthrough that freaking is for you? You actually care. You actually want to do better, not just for yourself, but you actually want to help. And it actually is a very interesting progression how he gets there. They actually have Peter Parker or Spider-Man at one point come and talk to him. And everyone's just like, piss off. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need your opinion. I don't need your opinion. You guys are all dumber than me. And it's a really nice moment when he finally opens up. And is actually to able to accept other people actually caring about him. And other people actually wanting him to succeed. And it's a really interesting character moment um, that they've been leading up to for the whole series. So it's actually a really nice moment where you get it. It's not an obvious, oh, I'm going to be super perfect after this moment. But it's a nice character discovery moment. And... You need to see that kind of progression with this character. Otherwise, he's just kind of a funny jerk forever, and he's not worth watching. But this has been a really interesting series. This is a nice, low-action uh, issue, but really high on character development, and it works really well. You don't have to have a punch-a-punch -punch issue every issue if, you could develop, if you're character-driven, mm -hmm. which is why this book works so well. Um, the art in this book... It, the artists are the same as it's been, but to me, the art was kind of rough in this book. Shadows are a little too dark. Character models seem a little weak sometimes. I don't know if that was a process of mm. yeah, different... You, you can actually see an example of that in your second panel in the, 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 the middle frame where yeah. Octavius, where his head's down a little bit, and the shadows are kind of, you're right, right rough. But, like, but also, also look how uh, Maria is drawn. She's a little off-model in most of the panels. Uh, like, well, her eyes are too dark. too. It, but it's yeah. not bad. It's just that I've seen these same artists do better. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, Mar Hawkman says it's kind of like uh, when Leslie. Uh, when Leslie Willis realized her reason for uh, being live while was really stupid and kind of productive. Yeah. So it's actually a really interesting book. I've really enjoyed this run. It's been better than most of the books out there. And part of that is seeing the development of Otto Octavius in, from a really self-righteous kind of jerk to someone who's opening up a little bit, trying to understand, where people are actually starting to accept him as well. Even though he doesn't go by his name, Otto Octavius, honestly. He goes by a different name with most people. Mm-hmm. Um so it's actually been very interesting as a ride, and I'm really enjoying it. Uh, the big stinger at the end, and the reason for the big uh, floating head of uh, Norman Osborn, is you see that like a spider is like following him, and that eventually goes back to Spider's Man, who is a collection of spiders who form a group, uh, a hive mind. Uh, it was, Spider's Man was first introduced in, in the Edge of Spider-Verse series, uh, the most recent one where Superior Spider-Man led like the renegade team like your way is too soft Parker we'll do it this way and we'll get the mission accomplished and that also had Spider-Man Norman Osborn much like the more dark versions of Spider-Man on it uh, but at the end of that Norman Osborn Spider-Man and Spider-Man said you know what you're not evil enough for us because we're villains so uh, well Spider-Man wasn't villain he's like I just want to be able to eat people is that wrong a little bit a little bit. But Norman convinced Spiders Man that, you know, these people are soft. They suck. You should go with me. And so they went off. And apparently they're now tracking down Spirit Spider Man. And Norman Osborne Spider Man has decided. He has six arms, by the way. Has decided sure. that what he really can't stand is a smart ass. Uh, and he hates Otto Octavius just because he hates Otto Octavius. And he hates Spider Man. So Spider-Man. Otto Octavius Spider is like the worst thing he can imagine. Sure. So he's looking to destroy him. So that's like the introduction of the villain at the end. So right when you see him getting some character growth, it looks like people are going to punish him for it. Which, you know, actually is a good setup. So really strong writing. I really love what Christmas Gage has done with the Superior Spider-Man character. I think the pencils are strong. I think the weakness is probably in the inks this time. But I know I've seen Wade Von Grawbadger, because I remember the name, uh, do inks in the other issues that weren't done this way. So I don't know if he's trying a new process or what. It didn't work for me. The colors were good. They popped nicely. I liked the way it was done. Cover's all right. Different inker for the cover, obviously. Uh, that's more Hollowell. So all in all, did I like it? Yeah, I liked it. It was a really good issue. And if you're interested in the Superior Spider, it's a great jumping on point. Uh, because you get to see some growth. You get to see a reward. It doesn't have the stupid War of the Realms stink on it. Not that War of the Realms was bad, but you don't want to get into a book in the middle of a big cross-series arc. Uh, so, fun issue. Really enjoyed it. How many stars would I give it? I'm torn, actually. Oh. Uh, I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I love the plot, love the characters, love the development. The art was a little shaky. Um, but other than that, it was a great issue. Not super awesome, but definitely above average from other books I've been reading. So, yeah, really liked it. Superior Spider-Man number nine. Uh, read it. Tell your friends. So what are your thoughts? What did you think of Superior Spider-Man number 9? Do you have any suggestions for other comics I should look at? Let me know. I will look at those comics. Comment. Subscribe. Legion of Myth. 
Next up for Grasslands Comic Poll, we're going to be looking at Arrow, number one, the new book out by Marvel. Uh, part of a new initiative to try and get a more international feel. These books are actually done by international artists. Um, Arrow and Swordsman both have a very heavy anime slash manga feel to it, as you can just see by the cover. Look at that. Crazy. Look at all them names. Uh, so, ah, come on, scroll with me, baby. Arrow number one was written by Zhao Leifeng. Uh, artist is Kang. The adaptation is by Greg Pak, because uh, I cannot spell. And the cover is by Kang. Kang. Who's this Kang dude? I don't care. He's awesome. <laughs> Kang is invited to my birthday party. All right. Copy um, art is super strong in this book. If you like anime slash manga style and you love Western comics, this is the freaking book for you style wise. It you is get color. Huh? You get color. You get color, so it's better than most manga. Um, the art is fantastic. The coloring is great. Uh, it's definitely an issue one where it's introducing a character. Elgar says, hmm, I'm Rick now. Rick's so late. <laughs> I don't know. Huh? No, no. He's, a, he's Kang. Well, I want to be Rick. <laughs> oh, because no. the lowercase Rick is lame. Okay, that Rick. I want I want to change my the numbers the letters in my name to numbers so I could be A13X. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah. A13X. That's cool. That's my that's my hip hop name now. Uh, all right. Anyway, let's talk about Kang. Bam, even better. So, uh, it's issue one. Interesting character. It's very much an introductory issue. It needs to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, get introduced to. Arrow, who, uh, by day, she's an architect, and she builds this new Shanghai, and she builds the skyscrapers and designs the beauty of the city. Uh, you find her at the beginning of the issue, using the power of wind to protect the city, fighting buildings that have turned into, like, animated golems. Wait, wait, if she's an architect, didn't she design this? One of the buildings she fights, she did design, and she's pretty pissed about it. I'd be upset, too, yeah. Actually, no, she designed this one, actually. says, but this is a building where it isn't. I design, actually designed this one. It was nearly done, about to open, but someone's transformed it and turned it into a monstrous giant. She actually has a nice little monologue about how the building is supposed to support parks and people and lives, and, and now it's a monster. It, it's actually kind of a nice dialogue. Okay. Um, but after she beats up the building, it goes to her... Uh, kind of her feelings in the city, feelings of being a superhero, uh, her and her desk job have to stay late, and they have plans to be canceled when more monsters appear in the city, and she has to go fight. Not heavy on plot, this first issue. Mm. It introduces the idea of her powers, her backstory. Uh, real brief, I got these powers type backstory. Uh, she has to fight the giant building, some of which she made, which is a nice kind of, I'm creating my own monsters, or someone is attacking me personally by taking that which I create and turning into monsters, which is nice. Well, it's not nice if it's happening to you, but it's an well, interesting true. twist. It brings a, it brings something personal into the fight. Right. It, it it sets up the bad guy to be someone she knows, maybe. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, it, it gives depth. That's good. Yes. Um, you're introduced to her job, a couple of associates. Uh, at the end, she has to go off and she has to cancel her plans to meet with her friend to go fight. Because more of these walking buildings are showing up. Uh, then there's a sub-story in the back of the book, which kind of introduces how she knows other characters from the New Agents of Atlas series. 
Uh, different artist on that one. The art's not bad. It's good. Different artist, so I didn't put them in here because I'm talking about that sub-story. But that's kind of a, this is where this character fits in with a Marvel Universe type story. So this is not a separate universe. She is mainline Marvel, just drawn totally different, with a totally different perspective. Um, mm -hmm. All the creators on this book are from China. Um, like, I think they live in China. They are Chinese. Uh, that's why it says adapted by Greg Pak, because he had to come through and redo it. Not well, redo, but like, yeah, you know. So Americanize anyway, it. Americanize it a little bit. Yeah, Americanize it a little bit. Yeah. But an interesting book. I really liked it. I loved the art the whole way through. Uh, the character's interesting. It feels like an anime. Uh, Maro says that for a hero versus villain, it should work well. You explain why the hero posed the villain, and this seems to do it well. Yeah, Marhawk, when it does, it actually does a great job putting some personal stakes in it, even though it's fighting buildings. Um, and she's obviously pretty damn high-powered if you could use air to... Because when you see her fighting the building at these first couple of panels, it looks like, oh, her air shoes are hitting, it's getting hurt. Mainly what she's doing at this point, you find out, is sending air currents through it to make sure there's no people inside. And then once she figures out there's no people inside, she blows it freaking in half. Hmm. So she was just waiting. It's not like, oh no, I'm down on the ropes. No, she's like, okay, now I know it's safe to blow you in half. That's how her, that's her power level. So she's playing on a very high power scale. So that's going to be interesting to see where they go with that. Um, so anyway, arrow number one, I've really enjoyed this book. I'm really forward to, the, to what's coming up. I think you get a sneak preview of the villain on the cover. Because you got that rock guy in the bottom corner. I'm guessing he has something to do with it. Well, who's who's the guy in the top corner? I think that's a girl. Who's the girl in the top corner? Well, I it's, don't know. it's hard to tell because the 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 woman and her face could be guy. Could be a could guy, be, but the know. chest I think looks like yeah, mammaries, but it could it could just be a big chest. You no, never know. No. You never it's know. A, it's a tell. It's Let a tell. But uh <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I really want to see the next issue. Uh as a first issue it's super strong uh i didn't it didn't leave me walking away going oh wow but definitely like i need the next issue so i'm gonna give it four and a half stars i definitely nice. want the next issue this is definitely a book to jump on i'm not gonna say this is the next hot item it's gonna be huge buy three copies it'll put your kids through college i'm not saying that this book might fade out in a year and be nothing it all depends on the writing but for mm -hmm. right now you got a strong character it's fun to read the art is great and it's highly interesting i give it four and a half stars really liked it and is a first American appearance of the character. So, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what do you think of Arrow number one? Am I totally off base here? Do you think that I'm nuts? Am I just a weeaboo fanboy? Yes. <laughs> uh, do you have any... But let me know what you think of Arrow. Have you not picked up a comic book in a long time? And the art styles make you think, maybe I want to jump on this one. It's an anime-style book from a major publisher. Maybe that'll do it for you. If you have any suggestions for future comic reviews, please let me know. I'm always interested to hear what you want to see, and we will talk about that later. Thank you very much. Next on Garthon's Comic Poll, let's talk about Spider-Man Life Story number five. Or, as the full cover says, Spider-Man li colon Life Story number five. The aughts. Double aughts? The ooze. Oh, it's, it's aughts, you're right. You know, yeah. I, I I like see what's funny is I remember this is off topic. Years ago, people saying, "Man, when it goes 2000, I know we're in the 90s. What will they call it? Like the thousands, the zeros?" And I said, "It'll be the aughts." Like, why do you say that? Like, you ever watch like really really old Bugs Bunny cartoons? And a few of those cartoons, they show like these old men sitting around. They're always like, "Well, back at aught seven, that's what we did." And it's mm -hmm. like, 
they always called it Ott, so that's yep. kind of No, my, my, my great-grandma was born in Ott 5, and that's how she would say it. Yeah, I just figured that was the standard that people would go by. Because obviously, the best way to learn about history is Bugs Bunny cartoons. Hmm. Accurate but, representation of World War sure. Two. Yeah, uh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. The Spider-Man of Oz. All right. So, Spider-Man Life Story number five, The Ots, was written by Chip Zdarsky, pencils by Mark Bagley, who is a longtime epic Spider-Man artist, inks by John Dell, colors by Frank Darmada, cover by Chip Zdarsky. All right, Mark Bagley's art is really good in these books. It really helps that he is a well-known artist who is very tightly associated with Spider-Man. So when you see him doing Spider-Man, it feels right. Now, this whole Spider-Man Life Story series has been really interesting. I thought I would hate it, to tell you the truth. Because basically the idea is the first issue started when the first... The idea is it starts when the first Spider-Man book actually came out. So, like, mid to late 60s. What, 68 he came out? 64? Anyway. So, basically they said, okay, Peter Parker was 17 or 18 when this happened. I and thought he was 16? Let's say 16. Okay. I'm not going to split hairs. Doesn't matter. Ah, fine. But basically, from that, every book is this book's the 60s, next book's 70s, next book's 80s. And he is getting realistically older in every book. Obviously, this is a side story. It's a kind of a what if. But the interesting thing is, it actually shows his position in every major storyline that Marvel had in that decade. Like, in the 80s, they addressed what happened in Secret Wars. In the 70s, it was, uh, like, Atlantis Attacks or something. Basically, like, whatever, like, huge events happened in that decade, he was still there. All the other heroes were still there. They were appropriately old based on their introduction date and ages. Some characters like Captain America age slower because of the Super Soldier Serum. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Nick Fury and, and others, yeah. Right, Nick Fury ages slower. But, well, that, that got... Uh, how do you want to remember? Anyway. It got retconned. It whatever, got retconned. Yeah. I didn't like Infinity it. Infinity Formula Forever. Pretty much. Flag formula. Um, but the... So in this book, the odds, he is pushing 60 in this book. He is old. He's in his 50s or 60s at this point. And the big issue that happened to the odds were the inheritors. Moreland showed up. The people who feed off the spider totems. Uh, oh, the big, the big thing that happened in the 90s, uh, Clone War Saga. Mm. So it actually dealt with like a 40-year-old Peter Parker dealing with Ben Riley showing up and that kind of going on. At the end of that issue, they did, they actually did what was, well, what they did in Clone Wars where Ben Riley took over as Peter Parker and Peter Parker went out to live with his family, with Mary Jane, have kids in the country and not be Spider-Man anymore to get away from the superhero life. But, there was still a Spider-Man. For backstory on that, the original idea of the Clone Wars, which or the Clone Saga, with Spider-Man, which everyone ended up hating, the original idea was Peter Parker would go off, have lived happily ever after. That way they could kind of do a reboot of the series and put Spider-Man back to how he was. Single, friendly neighbor Spider-Man, no, you know, all poor, not established, that kind of stuff. And they revealed in that that the original idea was going to be that Peter Parker that everyone had known and loved was actually the clone all these years. And that 
the Ben Riley character actually was the real Peter Parker. That was the idea. And then they played around with it so much. And at first, people were on board with the idea. And then they played around with it so much that public opinion turned against the idea. And so they had to bring Peter Parker back, and it became a huge mess, and we hated it. Uh, Marvel says, my favorite is Immortal was in the Avengers Alliance because he got to beat the stun at him with Spider-Girl. <laughs> I was surprised he was in uh, Avengers Alliance. That was cool to see him. Moreland's a tough guy, though. Anyway. So in the last issue, they kind of do the same thing, where they said, oh, I'm actually, he's actually the Peter Parker, and, and you're the clone with Mary Jane. Oh, no! So they went off. and But then it was he knew Ben Riley didn't know. Or, yeah, Ben Riley did Ben Riley was told, oh, you're the real Peter Parker. Peter Parker told you're the clone. But then later, Peter Parker, the guy who was told he was the clone, actually l had seen the data and realized that there was a mistake, and he's actually the real one. But he didn't say anything because he didn't want it to get into Ben's head that he's still a clone. Let him believe he's the real Spider-Man. Let him live Spider-Man, right? So that's where he left it. This book starts out with Moreland beating the crap out of Peter... Uh, the Ben Riley, Peter Parker, who's now in charge of Parker Industries, which has not gone belly up or been. It's a it's a competitor to Tony Stark has been for years, blah blah blah, which is something Peter Parker really should have done a long time ago. Mm. But Octavius did it successfully. Anyway, so it starts out with him fighting Moreland and Moreland killing him Ooh. on TV. So everyone in 2006, everyone sees Moreland kill Spider-Man. And even gets put after he dies, you know, it gets, you know, they do the autopsy like, oh, look. Spider-Man was, was actually Peter Parker, head of Parker Industries. Meanwhile, back in the country, uh, Peter's with his family, uh, his, his daughter May, uh, his son Ben, or Benji they call him. And you know, you know, he they're out chopping logs and having father-daughter talk where she's like, I should be able to use my power. She's like, Don't use your powers. We had we talked that, you know, my responsibility is to keep you guys safe, not to be gallivanting as a hero. And then they go to TV and say, Oh crap, Moral attacked. And he's like, Oh god, someone warned me about this Moral guy. I thought they were kind of joking. I I didn't think this was that serious. So he ends up having to go back to being Peter Parker, take your Parker and say, oh, I don't know how they made that mistake. That guy was just a clone, by the way. And uh, so there's a clone of me who is Spider-Man. I don't have spider powers. The oh. clone did, because yeah. it's a clone. They gave it powers. Right, sure. And he gets his buddies at the Daily Bugle, because he's still friends with, uh, is it Betty Bryant, who becomes head of the Daily Bugle? They're still friends, and she's like, all right, I'll read the story for you. Seems a little weird, but I don't see why he lies. like, eh. Here's the problem, though. Civil War also happened in the 2000s. The Superhero Registration Act is a thing in action at this point. Spider-Man was an unregistered hero. And he died. And now it, Peter Parker is showing up saying that wasn't really him as Spider-Man. He's, he's just a normal guy. Tony Stark is now president. <laughs> and he's like, huh. So... It's actually it's interesting where Tony Stark is president. He's still fighting the Superhero Registration Act. He's still fighting Captain America at this point. And it's been years that this battle's been ongoing. But because he's president, he has the bully pulpit and can kind of keep things going his way. 
which is what he's been doing. Uh, at the same time, Cap has been fighting a shadow war against the Registration Act. And so, someone warns Tony, like, oh, God, Parker Spider-Man, this is freaking ridiculous. And he's unregistered. He's always in violation of the law. I should not run him in. One of his uh, people is like, yeah, but he's also your biggest business competitor. It would look really bad in the press if you yeah. just arrest him. Your biggest competitor in business because he's a registered hero all of a sudden. Even though he claims it's not him. And obviously wasn't because that guy's dead. Yeah, yeah, we got that body. Yeah, so, yeah. So, there's actually a neat scene where Tony Stark, who's now an old man, is meeting Parker, who's an old man, outside of Parker Industries. He's like, hey, Tony, how you doing? I'm like, hey, Peter. He's like, has a pair of glasses on. How you been? Been, you know, this gives him like kind of like tense small talk. He's like, sounds kind of crazy. Clone Spider-Man, huh? That clone of you. That's weird. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's funny how they give powers to clones, huh? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's weird. You ever? Know? I was wondering how you stayed in great shape. Park says Jazzercise. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. yeah a little scan yeah, here. Sure. It looks like your skin is ten times denser than that of most humans. And uh, your muscles are barely reacting to hold up your body weight when you walk. Did you know that? You know that? So <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, all right, look, I'm not going to play with your stupid games. Like, you need to register. She was like, I'm not doing that because that's wrong. That's sacred feels free. I can't believe. And it basically turns into the, I can't believe what you turned into. And he's like, I can't believe that you were a clone. It's like, I'm not a, look. <laughs> and she's like, so you're not going to, you're not going to do that. You, you're going to do this right now. It's like, I'm not doing anything, Tony. You're doing it. You're out of line. Well, hang on. He hasn't been a superhero for how many years? Exactly. Before the registration was enacted, so he doesn't have to register nope. just because he, he has He was a superhero before, and no, and the rules are if you have powers, you need to register. Oh, I thought it was just if you nope. are a superhero. Okay. No, if you could you know, bend spoons with your mind, you need to register, and that way they could draft you if they ever have a war with the spoons. Awesome. You know. <laughs> so... They... So it ends up they hit up in a fight... Tony Stark ends up summoning his, like, minions who turn into, like, there's War Machine, there's She-Hulk who, in power yeah, armor. Dude, do we still have a clone Thor? No, there's no clone Thor, thank God. Oh. But basically, <laughs> you see, uh, like, his minions show up. Uh, who is it? War Machine, Captain Marvel, Black Widow in power armor, a couple, a couple other people. They all show up, and he's like, all right, well, I guess we're doing this. Meanwhile, his family... Is back on TV. I was like, News Bulletin. You know, Peter's, you know, Tony Stark, Spider Man. It's like, oh crap. And then, you know, they look out the window and Moreland is after them. Moreland has figured out that that was a clone because it didn't taste right. And when he found out Peter Parker was Spider Man, he just, you know, did a Google search and found out where Peter Parker has been living. <laughs> Or, or you always use Moreland powers, like feel for the spider essence. And he goes, hey, look, he had kids. They have spider powers, too. Nummy, nummy. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, someone actually reads up to Parker. He's like, wait, I got to go back to my family. Oh, crap. But he has to fight the goons. So basically, it's a lot of running around. Hope he doesn't get beat up. And he's an old man. He's like, all right, move, move. And he actually has an interesting, the writing is good in that he is thinking to himself, his spider sense is warning him of plenty of time to dodge everything. He's just not fast enough to do it anymore. Hmm. He's trying, but his, he's a little out of shape. His bones don't want to do it anymore. In previous issues, he had started wearing uh, power assist armor, right? Not like big bulky armor, little like power power assist suits. Sure. Um, so 
right when he's right when they beat him down, they're about to take him in. The big red and white shield starts clanging off people's heads. As Captain America, Hawkeye, Luke Cage, Daz, uh, and Cloak and Dagger show up. The Resistance. And they start whooping the uh, Tony's people so he could run. Parker runs up into his building. Because him and Ben both knew at some point Stark was going to come after him. And he ends up grabbing a suit of spider armor, jumping back down into the fray, and releasing a big old EMP pulse. Which you would think, that shouldn't hurt these people. Except it does. Uh, it's not even it's not really EMP pulse, it's a jamming signal. Because they figured out that Tony Stark wouldn't trust even his own teammates. Because at any moment they could decide, you know, this registration act is bogus, and turn against him. So anyone he ha that has his tech, he has fail-safes on the tech. So he, they basically shorts out their fail safe, so they all fall down. Of course, then, and then Stark is standing alone, and he's like, "All right, you win this round, but you can't do this. You don't want to do this. This is a war. You understand that, right?" And Parker's like, "Yeah, well, I guess it's how it has to be." And he ends up in the Spider-Man armor as Tony Stark fades away because he was never actually there. It was a projected hologram, and he jumps into the cloak with everyone else and joins the resistance with Captain America. Moreland, meanwhile, is fighting uh, May and Ben, Peter Parker's kids. Right. And he's nearly invulnerable. And they run like hell. They do a fighting retreat, try and get away. Uh, he actually manages to get a hold of May and start draining her life. And she manages to scratch him and run. Right? Kind of gouges at his eyes. And he's like, oh, you want to fight? As he starts chasing him down through the woods. And then Ben looks at her hand and says, oh my god, are you hurt? He's like, no, it's, no I, I scratched him. He's like, wait, wait, wait. He's invulnerable. How'd you hurt him if he's invulnerable? And then they figure out he's invulnerable unless he's feeding. Because then whatever field surrounds him has to drop. And so he actually runs at him. They're like, what are you doing, you idiot? And he actually gives himself up as bait. And Moreland grabs us, draining him. And that's when Penny runs in and hits him with a tree, spider strength, which knocks him onto the tree stump she got the tree from, which spikes him through the heart, and he dies Dracula style. Nice. Um. So he dies Dracula style. That's when they, then there's the big thing where Spider-Man gets free. Talks to like a grizzled-looking Captain America who might be aging slower, but he's still looking kind of aged at this point. And he gets the whole, you know, gets the whole like, uh, so if you're gonna join, it's like Cap, you know, I, 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 sorry, I wanted to protect. You. I, I had, I have a wife and kids I had to protect. I couldn't join your. He's like, your kids. Forgive me, but do you have kids that have powers? Uh, yeah. I don't expect they'll be safe much longer, because Stark's gonna be after them as well. Yeah, fair. Yeah, so they're gonna have to collect his kids, and so it's actually kind of a nice moment at the end where he's wearing like his padded armor you know, with Spire says, going with the old men back to teleport out. He says, we'll deal with it together, son. He's like, he goes, son, we're both old men, Cap. We need to do what we should have done a while ago to make the world a better place before we go. And then it goes, fades to black. Basically hinting that the next issue is going to be the last one. And it's a six-part series, so. 
but sure, that's when his life's going to be. He's going to be an old man by that point, ten years in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, so a really interesting series. When I first read the pitch, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, "That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of." We have enough Spider-Man series. But Chip Zdarsky's writing has been strong enough to make it interesting to kind of see the progression as a person, uh, as the world changes around you. Uh, comic book characters, as we all know, are kind of like eternally eternally young. I, Peter Parker is definitely part. much older than when he was first yeah. introduced, yeah. even through the reboots. But the character has changed with the times to be whatever age he is. And this shows him growing older and more mature and not not staying kind of static as a character. So it's a really interesting view on it. And it's been a really fun read. And you actually do feel closer to the character after seeing him grow old and experience these things. I do think the audience for the book, however, is people who grew old and experienced these things themselves. Um, a kid reading this book would just kind of be like, why are they doing this? Didn't they already do that? But if you grew up, if you're now 30s, 40s, older, reading this book, it's going to have a much tighter connection to you because you lived through these events. You remember when the comic book event happened and also like when real world events happened. And so it's interesting seeing those paired together. And that really brings a lot of things home to it. So it's been a really neat series. I really liked this issue. I liked it more than the last issue. I can't say I loved it. But I, in a way, I did. So it's kind of for you to judge. To. Bagley's you you art was really strong. So I'm going to give it four stars. There it is. Four stars for there Spider-Man Life Story number five, The Odds. Really liked it. Short of loved it. Really fun book. Uh, I'm almost guaranteed. Four stars. Oh, four, stars. Gosh, four stars. Well, hard nose. Four stars. Oh, God, please, no. 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 Four stars. Thanks, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think Duncan didn't play because Bellahars was still playing when he typed it. But the this is definitely going to be collected into a into a graphic novel. I would at this point I'd wait for that because there's only one or issue left. But I'd mm-hmm. highly recommend getting that if you're an older comic reader. Even if you're a younger one, you're just more open to the ideas. Uh, then definitely be for you. Fun book. Definitely want to check that out. You can type it again, Duncan. Don't gotta be sad. You might have to wait two minutes. I'm not sure. That's true. I don't. I think it's, there's anti-spam filter in that. But great book, four stars, recommended. So, what are your thoughts? Universal laws for lackeys. Context is for kings. And the context of this book is very important, Duncan. That's right. So, what are your thoughts on Spider-Man: Life Story number five? Do you think it's an interesting idea? Are you glad they made this book? Do you think it's superfluous and kind of silly because you know, that stuff already happened? Why are we talking about it again? Do you have any suggestions for future comic reviews? If you do, please let me know, and I'll be happy to talk about them. Thank you very much, Be Legionnaire. <laughs> and as always, everyone, you can find more Garth on YouTube. Like, subscribe, comment, share, full streams, anime, comics, games, member-only chat and giveaways, monthly QA with LOM. And you get more Garthon with Garthon's comic poll segments, his playthrough of Yakuza Kiwami happening Sunday evenings at 8, no, 9 Central, 10 Eastern. Team-ups with that Heathen Dog guy, and coming soon, my role-playing recycling segment. I'm working on it. Video's hard.
You ready? I'm ready. Okay. RNG, the random number generator, where the Legion of Myth weekly live stream hosts discuss anything and everything nerd. RNG airs live every Saturday at 8 p.m. Central Time on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. Come and join us in discussions on all things nerd. And if you have a topic you'd like us to cover, let us know. Now, let's see what the dice roll for RNG has for this week. RNG! I need a, we need an RNG theme song. We've discussed this. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know what to make it, though. It's the RNG where it's random for you, random for me. RNG! That is very, very 50s jingle. Subscribe! Ah, oh, damn it. My little stars up. Huh? Why do I have stars up? All right. Subscribe! Got it. Four stars. Subscribe. All right, let's talk about Heathen Dogs. Five ways to make a good anime. Okay. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I went through the five ways to screw up your anime. If you really want your anime to suck, just donkey stuff. And who doesn't? And who doesn't, well, right? I mean, ev everyone, everyone wants to make a bad anime. So th that's how you do it. Now, Garthon said, Heathen Dog, that's really negative. That's We, we want to be more positive on this show. We, we want to have a, a, a lighthearted bent on things. So how do you make a good anime? Get your chat. Get your And I went, you know what? I don't know. I, I, only, I only critique anime and make it, make it horrible because I, I love doing that. Then I thought about some more, and I said, yeah, okay, I got five things. That's what he said exactly. I got five things. Here it is. Number one, an interesting protagonist. <laughs> this is not as easy as you think. All right? You have to make the audience care about your protagonist. They have to be emotionally invested because they have to identify with them in some way. Now, also, you have to have some kind of mid to mid-late season twist about their backstory. Something they kept hidden, but not out of malice, not to fool people just because they were embarrassed, ashamed, or whatnot. That makes them even more sympathetic. All the right. second most important thing Almost the first, close second, is throughout the season of your first anime, your protagonist has to grow. Their view has to change, albeit slightly. You don't want to make them a bad guy. I'm saying that their view has to change in a realistic way according to what happens to them and what they do in return. Which is something we both say in our reviews of comics or anime. We need to see character growth. Exactly. Exactly. You have to have you have to have a good base for it, and then you have to write the growth into your season, and that's the way you make an interesting protagonist. Now, on the flip side, you have to have an interesting antagonist as well. If you have a really really great main character and you're in love with him and it's great, but he's he or she is fighting only paper people, it's not fun. All right, the audience has to hate or fear or fear for the protagonist when he when he or she is facing the antagonist. The antagonist has to have depth, has to have motivation, has to have, doesn't have to have emotion, but has to elicit an emotional response in the viewer. And the way to do that, the way to help doing that is to have competent lieutenants. You have lieutenants whose, whose backstories are also fleshed out, who, who also have their own personalities, who react to each other and the antagonist in believable ways, this 
only gives depth and meaning to your main antagonist. Now, barring that, having competent lieutenants, barring that, have interesting lieutenants. Now, I say that only because I have a soft spot for Masters of the Universe. All of Skeletor's henchmen were not competent, but they were very interesting. Fair, not, yeah, I'll give you that. Not, maybe not yeah. all of them, but yeah. Yeah, they were maybe not Lost Man, not, but you know, if not competent. Wait, Lost Man was a hero, wasn't he? Yes, I believe so. Now, also, just like your your protagonist, you have to have a mid season twist to their backstory. Now, I'm giving the example here of Wise Man's Wise Man's uh, grandchild. Because the main antagonist, Oliver Strom, which is uh, which is the very, very top character in this picture. Uh, midway through the season, you got to know his backstory. And it was a very, very emotional backstory. And you understood why he became evil. Doesn't make you like him anymore. It makes you understand. And that right there will add depth to your antagonist and it will show your viewer that he has gone through all of this he has broken and he put himself back together and this is now the way he sees the world you don't like it get out of the way fine fine but you have to have them grow and change throughout the story as well they don't they you don't want them to be a dr evil megalomaniacal maniac who is going toward world domination because profit no no, you want them to have reasons why they are the antagonist. And that might change due to situations that happen during your story. Do that. Make the antagonist more real, more realistic, more believable, and people will respond. All right. Now, this beyond this is where I'm going beyond writing now. Now is art. Stay on model. My God, how hard is that? It's apparently really hard. All right, because a lot of anime don't do it correctly. A lot. But that's their style. No, it's not style. It's called stupid. You got the right S, just the wrong word. No, that's what the kids like these days. It's cool. No, no, it's not. They're being fooled. It's on fleek. No one says that anymore. I I watch it and go yeet. Okay, stop. Okay, (laughs) you don't fake fast motion, all right? You draw more frames, you draw crisper frames, you don't fake fast motion with body morphing, you don't do it with blurring. If when when your hero or villain throws a punch and their arm to simulate fast motion becomes a curve with no bone structure for a, for a half second, you're wrong. Well, that's one of those things like the first people who did it, okay, you can keep doing that. You made that up, that was cool. Everyone else stopped. That one guy who first did that gets to do it. It's his thing. Consider it trademarked. Right. That's that's his style. There you that's, go. That's, Fine. That's that. Whatever. Don't do it anymore. No. Anatomy is taught in animation class for a reason. Follow it. Now, I show up uh, Sword Art Online, the movie Ordinal Scale, because uh, it is a prime example of fast motion with no blurring, and everyone is on model all the time. All the time. Check it out. I recommend it. Now, our next one is a good supporting cast. Now, we've already talked about uh, the, the interesting bad guys. That's good. I'm talking about the protagonist supporting cast. They should all have a backstory. 
I don't care if you have to shoehorn it, shoehorn it in a couple minutes into one episode. Do it and then reference it at least twice throughout the season. This will give depth to the supporting characters and it will only give flavor to the to the protagonist as well. Now, the the supporting characters also have to change and grow just like the protagonist depending on what they do, what things are done to them and what transpires in the story. Now, you think that oh, this doesn't need to happen if I do it with the protagonist, that's fine. No, you're wrong. You made a mistake again come back on track no a good story is not just a good protagonist and a good antagonist a good story is an ensemble cast they don't have to be featured all the time they only have to be featured some of the time but they have to be present and the audience has to believe that they're real they have to have depth they have to have character and the best way to do that is to have the supporting characters interact and grow with each other not just with interactions with the protagonist that's not believable just because you're the hero of the story doesn't mean someone else can't learn something from someone else all right you want to make your story more visceral you want to make your story more real you want to you want to bring about a better emotional reaction with your audience these little tiny nuances will subconsciously alter the audience's view on your whole anime get with it now last but definitely not least don't you see chip well what about C in limited use i'm gonna get to that right. i'm gonna get to that but this is cgi 100 use or main model use it cannot convey emotion cgi is not there it cannot convey proper emotion that normal animation can it can't ah. do it Ah, 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 hang ah. on, hang on. The uncanny valley is real. The the more you try and make your CGI look like real life, the more you're going to sicken your audience. This is a real thing. This is a uh, documented I'm, I'm thing. Kind of with you there. Kind of with this you there. A, yeah. This is a documented yeah, thing. Yeah, the uncanny valley is real. Yes. But if you have a big budget studio dumping money into it, CGI can definitely display proper motion. Look at the Toy Story films. Look at mm -hmm. uh, yep. all sorts of Pixar films, sure. like freaking Moana. You know, those... you're talking. About, you, these are all movies you're talking about. Right. Talking uh, about, we're talking about anime. All right. Well, wait. I think that might be a movie. Have you seen it? Well, there's a new Lupin the Third coming out. They're actually remaking the original all CG. Okay. But all right. well, you I, see the I previews. Have, I haven't seen it. The so... previews look fantastic, but again, they're not trying to make photorealistic characters. It's. It also isn't trying to look like, an anime. But done in 3D, so it looks weird. There you go. It, See, you have you got a lot you got a lot of caveats in your right <laughs> in your thing. Right, right. Okay, but no. if you're but so do you too. It's like well, not if you have, you're dumping millions of dollars I, into it. Well, you know? if it's a movie and you have a 50 million dollar budget, you can make anything happen. Right. All right. You can. You can. Now, Mahakam wants to bring up uh, Transformers Beast Wars. Transformers Beast Wars, the CG sucked. Yes. L let's be honest. It was. Bad. It was great for the time and the budget. But it wasn't there. But yeah, and, it wasn't there. It's great yeah. series though. Beast Wars is a great series. Now it was like Dunk. Yeah, you're right. Duncan was the like, '90s. Like like you said, can be done well, but not often. Now the picture here is Attack on Titan. They used CGI selectively and correctly, and it worked very well. 
Yes, they did not use it for any any of the main character models. They did not use it any for the supporting cat. They didn't use it for human beings at all. What they mainly used it for was background. Yes. They used it for background. And having regular cell animation for, for all of your movement and have CGI for background, you can move it in a different way to simulate fast motion without blurring your character model. It old, was brilliant. Old Popeye cartoons did that. Old Popeye cartoons did well, that as well. Not with not with CG, but they'd actually they no, would no, have I, a yeah they, they use yeah, they, they use the same kind of technique. Yeah, they would use a real model animation and frame by frame models, picture, yeah. and then exactly have yes, cell yes, animation yes, over it. Yes. Looked they use the same idea. Right, right. Now, uh, in a, in Attack on Titan, when they were when they were blasting through the city on their on their uh, on their uh, technological Spider-Man gear, the the them their Spider-Man gear, and everything in the in the foreground was regular regular animation whereas the background the moving through the city that you weren't focusing on was all cgi and it moved perfectly it worked perfectly that is that is a perfect cherry pick example of good cgi use but like i said usually when someone goes cgi they go all in and it's stupid that's true i yes yeah, uh, i agree Yes, there. Uh, there's the uh, the Netflix um, Ultraman. Ugh. They went all in on CGI, and it was bad. Then there's Revisions. Also, Netflix went all in. It, it was bad. It was just bad. The shading was terrible. It was terrible because it was all CGI. It was awful. Now, you can do CGI well. You can do it, but it's too much of a gamble. You're really rolling the dice on that one. It's really you could... expensive to do it right. It's really expensive to do it right, but doing it wrong is is enticing to the dark side because it's cheap. It's cheaper than than straight animation. True. If you go 100%, but do not be enticed by the CGI emperor. Right, there are okay? times where you could say it's appropriate like look at a series like uh reboot, but those were all like AIs yes, so, the, or robots. Those, those or were something. all Yes, those were all not supposed to represent real people. So Having them look weird or be off right. is understandable. It's normal. Like, it, or Beast exactly. Wars, they're all machines. Or... Yes, exactly. It was understandable. And there was another one that I did. Uh, it was it was, uh, it was another Netflix one where they had regular animation for humans, but when, when they when they turned into their, their weapon cells... Oh, I know what you talked about. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. it was all CG. Then it was the, then the, the, the well, monster... Wasn't there that one where CG. the guy had the sword, which made him kill, and when they went into their kill forms, it was CG? Yes, that, that, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, they, would, they went into their, their armored form. They were monsters. They were not human anymore. So having them be completely CG only accentuated yeah. the point you were trying to make. Yeah. Like I said, can be done to, well because it, it was supposed to look outside the normal. Exactly. Uh, Mark Hawkins brought up the Green Lantern cartoon where they used a lot of CG, but only because the faces were supposed to look real, and that actually worked pretty well. The Green Lantern yeah. cartoon made good use of it, but it was also like said, a limited use. Like I said, can be done well, but not often. Or, and an extra caveat: only in limited circumstances. Uh, something like Futurama actually does a good job with that, or did they? They 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 did, and they mostly used it for. For cutscenes and background, right, or the Galaxy Express taking off or something, you know, cause, oh, exactly cutscenes and background. Yeah, right. they used it for that, but they didn't use it for things you were focusing on, right? Because well, then you would feel creepy, right? Exactly. So too much of a gamble. Just don't do it at all. Yeah, for do right now, just say no. Dice. Don't roll the dice. So that that's it. That's what I got. Your five ways to make a good anime. If you follow these five precepts on 
on on your anime these five uh rules then you will get at least a three star from me all right at least at least because you have good writing you have good animation and and you have you have an excellent story you've got it you follow these five steps you've got it you're gonna win and that's it so you're done now that's it because i'm just checking because i keep going full screen to the end and you keep adding sorry sorry anyway uh what did you think of this segment uh what are your thoughts on uh how to make a great anime did i miss something do you disagree with one of these things if you do it's funny but go ahead and tell me i want to laugh <laughs> Oh, I want to tell you why you're wrong for disagreeing with me. <laughs> exactly. So, if you have any suggestions on our future RNG topics, please throw it in chat, throw it in comments below, or go on our Discord or our Twitter, which are view, which you can see below, and ask, tell, do all that stuff. Tell me what you think. I want to know. Thank you very much. Thank you, Heathen Dog. And if you want more Heathen Dog, like, or more RNGs from the All Legion of Myth, like, subscribe, share for more randomness. Join to get full streams of anime, comic, and game reviews, members-only chat and giveaways, monthly Q&A with LOM, and everything counts towards Patreon giveaway goals, so more giveaways will happen. Free stuff for you, my friends. More randomness. Any anime, comics, game, nerd topics, things we're talking about, nerd news, opinions, commentary. If you have a top suggestion, let us know, and we will discuss it. And if you want to tell Heathen Dog why he's wrong, please do, because I like seeing that stuff. And he likes arguing, so it works out well. That's true. Yeah, not no not as much as Max likes arguing, but oh, he no, no, does no, enjoy no. arguing. Me uh, and don't like arguing. We just feel sad inside. That's not true. I'll argue. I'll argue. I will. And then I'll feel sad inside while I do. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the whole sadness thing will come out. That's true. But if that makes you happy, which it probably does. Oh, God, there's a sadness. <laughs> Feely Janair. All right, so again, we're just, the time has come, my friends. And now the end is near. And now we face the final curtain. Again, welcome to Tugboat Swain. Is it Tugboat Swain or Tugboat Swain? There's a space Tug there. Tug Boatswain. All right. Welcome, Tug Boatswain, our social media manager. We appreciate all you're doing. Already seen you do some stuff. We really do appreciate it. And so interact more with the social medias because we are doing that too. Because it's all good. Well, that is the wrong thing to say because we're all doing that too. So and don't forget, 10th of August 2019, the Teletop RPG giveaway. Be there with Max, with Garthon. It is going to be happening the 10th of August at Nude Central. Early time, mini giveaways. We know it's weird to have a giveaway at a different time schedule, but that is the time it will be so everyone can be there together. Get everyone in. In, ASA. So, alternate time, 12, noon, central, 10th of August, mini giveaways. Thank you, Zod. Oh, my God, a thousand. Ah! Freaking out. Thank you, everyone. So, thank you, everyone who donated games. Hero Kids, Meet Your Zero, Coriolis, Space Foundation, all the PDFs. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. 10th August, 2019. Be there. Gen Con 2020 is coming soon. Registration is in May and January. I almost lied. Be there fast. January. Stream schedule. Watch the stream. Join us on Discord. Watch YouTube. Get our gear. Shop.spreadshirt.com. Slash Legion Myth. Impress your friends. Intimidate your enemies. Find love in your Legion Myth gear. Follow us on Twitter at Legion Myth. Current goals. Join us. Join us. Join us. Thank you all our supporters. We really do appreciate it. Remember everyone. If you can't be good, be careful.